How's it going, everyone? You're listening to the West Coast Bible Teacher, the show where we are teaching the Word of God one podcast at a time. And it's time for another 10 to 15 minute exegetical exploration through a passage of Scripture. I post these shorter studies on either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It all depends on uh, what's happening in my busy schedule on that particular week. But I've had a lot of fun so far doing these shorter studies each week. You know, I hope they've been serving as a blessing to you, because I know that they've certainly been serving as a blessing to me. Now, for those of you who haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, I would encourage you to please do so. And for those of you who have subscribed, I would encourage you to please share this podcast with someone who you believe would be blessed by it, so that they can join in on our journey through the Bible, with both these shorter studies earlier in the week, and then our regular verse-by-verse studies every Friday. But today we're going to be focusing on a subject that actually came up in last week's study through the book of Numbers. If you tuned in to last Friday's verse-by-verse study, we learned about how the Israelites started lusting while they were in the wilderness. And I expounded upon that a little bit in our study, but then afterwards I thought to myself, hey, you know, this might actually make for a good 10-minute study next week. But looking at it from the standpoint of another passage, of course... So the subject passage of today's study will be 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17, and I'll be reading it from the New International Version of Scripture. The passage states, Do not love the world, or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, as I alluded to before, I want to really focus in on the subject of lust, which is uh, dealt with here in this passage. Within this passage, the term lust is used twice. We have the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. But it appears to me that these two go hand in hand, and I'll explain why in a moment. But as I talked about in our study of numbers, lust does not always pertain to sexuality or promiscuity. Oftentimes, lust takes many different forms, some of which you, the listener, might be engaged in right now, without even knowing it. Maybe by the end of this study, you'll know whether or not it's time for you to do some cleaning up in your life. But more on all this in a moment. Looking at this passage in its entirety, we see the apostle starts in verse 15 with saying, Do not love the world, neither the things of the world. It's interesting because this same apostle wrote one of the most famous passages in the entire Bible, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The world that the Apostle is speaking of within the subject passage of this study is different than that which is being spoken of in John 3.16. Do not love the world is referring to the system of human behavior that has been established on earth 
and is run by Satan and his demons. The system which is completely contrary to the statutes of God. Within this worldly system that exists, non-believers and also believers are enticed wherever they go to follow after the desires of their flesh. Do whatever you want to do with your life. It doesn't matter what God might want you to do. You know, it doesn't matter what you feel He's called you to do. Just go and follow your heart. Follow your dreams, you know. How many times have you heard that at a high school graduation when the principal is giving the speech to all the kids? You know, follow your dreams after you graduate. Do what you want to do. Even if it means going against God's will for your life. This worldly system includes our popular culture, which is nothing but a catalog of bad decisions that one can make. If it feels good, hey, go ahead and do it. Get drunk with your friends on the weekends. Hey, you got to live and enjoy life. You know, you just got to do it. You see, this is the system that we come in contact with on a regular basis. For John here refers to it as the world. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that Satan is the god of this world. Therefore we are told by John here in our subject passage, Love not the world, or anything in the world. Meaning we are not to pursue that which the world has to offer us. Now what is it that the world is offering to us? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, as the Apostle writes in verse 16. The lust of the flesh. Now, flesh here in the Greek language is referring to our carnal, self-centered nature as humans. That flawed human nature that we all carry. Remember, Paul talked about the war between his flesh and his spirit. I like the way commentator Judith M. Liu elaborates on the word being used here to describe flesh. The commentator writes that the word flesh here represents the human capacity for self-indulgence and self-preoccupation that ignores the requirements and purposes of God. So looking at it that way, we see that John is warning us about the lust of the flesh. In other words, the strong cravings or desires which are pulling us away from following the requirements and purposes of God. This pertains to anything from sexual sin to idolatry to covetousness to any type of self-centered behavior. Now, the lust of the eyes as John writes about here, goes hand in hand with the lust of the flesh. In fact, most of the time you can't have the lust of the flesh without first going through the lust of the eyes. Most Bible scholars agree that the lust of the eyes pertains to when we see and are captivated by the appearance of something. And after we are captivated by what we are seeing with our eyes, we start to desire and crave that particular thing, even if it's not something that the Lord wants us to pursue or engage in. 
Therefore, temptation usually begins with the lust of the eyes and then culminates in the lust of the flesh. We see something that's beautiful to us. You know, it entices us. It's enticing. And as a result, our flesh desires it, whatever it may be. So when Satan is trying to get you off track in your relationship with God, when he's trying to throw you off or catch you off guard, you know, he'll oftentimes start with the lust of the eyes, and then he wants that to develop into the lust of the flesh. We saw Satan do this to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Eve looked upon the forbidden fruit as the serpent was tempting her. And the scriptures tell us that the fruit was pleasing to her eye. It caught her attention. It captivated her. And so therefore she began to desire it. But her decision to follow the flesh went against God's purpose, plan, and requirements for her. John says here in verse 16, that those who are constantly disregarding the purposes, plans, and requirements that the Lord has for their lives, those who are constantly pursuing the lusts of the flesh and are being enamored by the lusts of the eyes, are individuals who have fell into what the Apostle calls the pride of life. If I'm someone who's living in the pride of life, I have completely rejected the requirements, purposes, statutes, and plans that God has for my life. And I'm completely and solely focused on just one person, and that is me, myself, and I. I've made the choice to reject all things God, all things eternal, and instead I'm embracing all things that are a facade and all things infernal. And the word infernal relates to that which has to do with hell. Those who completely reject God and pursue the lusts of the flesh are headed to hell. Now, the Israelites in Numbers 11 began lusting after the pleasures that they experienced in Egypt before their deliverance from captivity. They were craving the meat, the vegetables, and the garlic, which they got to eat in Egypt. Now, none of those things are particularly bad. Then why was it lust? Why did it displease the Lord? Because the desires and cravings that they were experiencing were keeping them from following the purposes and will that God had for their lives. And Satan, as the God of this world system, who is behind every carnal desire and craving that you'll come across in life, is doing everything that he can to use the lust of the eyes and the lusts of the flesh to keep you from completing God's divinely appointed will for your life. That is why John ends our subject passage with writing, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Our Father up in heaven has a purpose and a plan for you. But Satan will oftentimes try to hit us with the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life, to keep us from pursuing the abundant life 
in Christ Jesus, which is offered to every Christian. It's interesting how Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give life and to give life abundantly. Well, sometimes the thief, Satan, will come to steal and destroy the abundant life that Jesus has for you. He'll hit you with a vain pursuit, a vain goal that you perhaps want to accomplish. A sinful pleasure, perhaps, that you are so tempted to engage in, though you know that God doesn't want you to have any part of it. And Satan will use these lusts to divert us, to divert us away from the path that leads to the promised land, the abundant life. And the abundant life comes as we do the will of God during every season of our lives. So are you living in lust today? Are you putting something before God? I would encourage you to move away from that particular thing, whatever it may be, and put your eyes back upon the will that God has for your life. If it may be an addiction that you're experiencing, that you're going through, then there are resources out there for you. Christian counseling. You know, talk to your pastor. I would encourage you. Move away from that which the enemy is using to distract you and move towards the will of God, as John writes about here in this passage. This has been the West Coast Bible Teacher, everyone. God bless you, and I'll see you all on Friday for our verse-by-verse study in the book of Numbers.